So a couple of weeks ago, um, I was in Floral Park, which is where I grew up. And uh, my mom, uh, who still lives in Floral Park, she needed me to put some air conditioners in uh, a couple of her windows. I'm a very good son, a very good son. Anyway, when I, uh, when I, left, uh, when I left, I was, uh, I drove by the playground, the town park in Floral Park, kind of like a rec center. And I got out. Um, I hadn't, hadn't been there in years. Um, not since I was a little kid, but definitely many years, maybe, maybe 10 or 15 years. So I, uh, yeah, I was just kind of curious. I have so many memories of, of this place growing up as a kid. Um, so I just kind of walked around. You know, I played Little League. I played Little League baseball for a bunch of years, football as well. It's one of those experiences you have, I think, when you go back someplace that's like, in some ways, it's changed a lot, but then in other ways, it's like time stood still. It just kind of depends. And that was the case here. Some things were very different, and in some were like exactly the way it was, whatever, 40 years ago. Uh, right adjacent to the playground is the town pool. Um, I have even more memories, really, of the pool pretty much lived there when I was a kid, my friends and I, and, and my family. Um, and I, I, I looked through, it was a, you know, a chain link fence from the, the park to the pool. And I was looking at the, the deep end of the pool where the diving boards are. Um, there's two of them. There used to be three. There used to be two low boards and then a high one in the middle. No more, the high one's gone, it's now just the two. I, I'm thinking it's probably because of insurance. Um, but I started thinking about my memories of that high diving board. And it was just something that we feared. From a safe distance, when we were little, we'd kind of look at it, kind of almost in awe, looking at people, looking at other kids or adults who were climbing it and jumping off, and we just kind of scared to death to do it, wanted to do it, started to feel more pressure as, as other kids were our age were starting to go off the board. It was almost like this, the high diving board was like this beast. Um, seemed so high. Just the fear, of, the fear of climbing the ladder and then having to turn back. <laughs> like tons of people, at least you felt like there were hundreds of people down below watching you. It would be Humiliating, like you'd have to, you'd have to move out of town, kind of. You almost that's how how horrible it would it would be. The thought of that would be. Anyway, one one day, uh, one summer, one of my friends climbed the board, climbed the high diving board, and we were kind of stunned. Like there was no talk of it. Uh, it was like this. Prior to that, it was like this unspoken fear. He didn't say he was going to do it. He just did it, and. Uh, we watched him climbing. We were like just looking up like, I can't believe one of us is doing this. And he did. He went off the board. Uh, it wasn't very pretty, um, but he did it. He did it. Um, there were probably six of us. And I don't even know what grade. I don't know. I was maybe 10. I can't remember how old I might have been. But what happened then was kind of amazing, uh, or at least to us it was like almost immediately most of the rest of us climbed the ladder and went off the board. Most of us, not all of us, 
I was sadly one of the cowards who didn't. Um, you know, one of the great things about going to that pool as a kid was there was like a lot of independence. Once you were there, you were on your own. And at a certain point, at that point, we were allowed to go on our own. We'd ride our bikes. It was just such a, a freedom that we loved. And then I stopped going. I stopped going to the pool because I was afraid of this diving board. And I was afraid of the prospect of being the only one who was not willing to go off it. So I just stopped going. My friends would show up, you know, they'd show up with their bikes, knock on the door, do you want to go to the pool? And I just started making these excuses. I got to go shopping with my mom, I got I to gotta watch my little sister, I'm not feeling good, whatever they, wore, whatever they wore. And after a couple of days of this, I guess my mother caught on. I don't know if she heard these lame excuses I was given or just she saw me at home. Like I was never at home. Like why was I sitting around the house when everybody else was gone? So uh, came up to me and she said, Brian, uh, you gotta go. You gotta get out of the house. You pretty much kicked me out of the house. Uh, you're not sitting inside on a, on a beautiful s summer day. So I went to the pool and I confronted the high diving board. Not right away. It'd be kind of a cool story if I told you I got that day, I climbed the board and I went off. So anyway, uh, it was probably maybe three or four more days of staring at this thing, and then finally, uh, I did go off. And um, I remember this, I remember like literally, what, how many seconds, is it a second, two seconds before you hit the water? I mean, it really wasn't even that high a board. Before I hit the water, I was thinking to myself, I'm going back up. Like, this wasn't, it wasn't that scary. Um, and doesn't that always seem to happen in life? So often, like you look back and he's like, what was I doing? What was I, why was I hiding? Why was I avoiding this thing? And once I finally pulled the trigger, it's like, it wasn't that bad. And look what I, look what I missed out on. It was kind of crazy what I was doing. My friends were loving life, driving to the pool every day, and I was sitting at home watching The Price is Right or something, I'm missing out on it all. Fear is very interesting. The things that it keeps us from, the things that it robs from us. I was watching this interview, somebody sent me this uh, video, it was an interview with Frank Sinatra. Larry King was interviewing him. It was after one of the final, I think it was like the final interview of his, of his life. He was, uh, you know, he was pretty old at this point. Certainly in his, toward the end of his career. And this is what Larry King said to him. He said, hey, after all these years, is it still a kick when the, when the man says, and now ladies, of, ladies and gentlemen, Frank Sinatra, and you walk out onto the stage, is it still a, do you still get a charge? And he said, oh yeah, definitely, it's a kick. Absolutely. I'll never tire of it. And I swear on my mother's soul, the first four or five seconds, I tremble every time I take the step and I walk onto the stage because I keep thinking to myself, I wonder if it will be there. I wonder if it'll all work. When I go for the first notes, I hope that I'll hit them. I was just talking about it the other night at Carnegie Hall, even just going out and looking at the audience. I was terrified for about four seconds, and then it goes away. Larry King says to him, like, how do you do that? Or no, how do you explain that? 
And he says, I don't know how to explain it. I really don't know. And it's always been. I always had this fear. Will I remember the lyrics? Is my tie straight? Will I use my hands right? Will you look good to the audience? You have to be on the ball from the minute you step onto that, into that spotlight. You have to know exactly what you're doing every second of the, on that stage. Otherwise, it's all over. Otherwise, it's good night. If you watch the video, you can tell he meant it. It wasn't just sort of like, I don't know, humble talk. Like, just the look in his eyes, he's like very sincere about it. I was thinking to myself, like, how could Frank Sinatra be afraid of singing? You know, if he said he was afraid of spiders, okay. Or heights, or afraid of flying, sure. How could Frank Sinatra be afraid of singing and performing? Fear is funny, isn't it? The things that stop us, or maybe stop, or threaten to stop us. That's why the apostles had the doors locked in this gospel. They were afraid, they were scared to death. Good Friday had just happened. And now their fear is there's gonna be a sequel. It'll be like Good Friday 2. And they're gonna be starring in it. And it's gonna be as ugly as the original. So they locked the doors, kinda of makes sense. You know what Pentecost tells us? It tells us a million things, but here's one. Locked doors are a joke to God. God laughs at locked doors. He doesn't, they're, they're, they're meaningless to him. God dispels fear. Faith trumps fear. So I think what we're supposed to do, one of the things we should do when we think about Pentecost, it's like, take your fears, think of the things that scare you. Come on, we all got them, right? Here are my fears, and introduce them to God. Say, God, Holy Spirit, this is what scares the life out of me. So much so that at times, I'm locking myself in rooms. And I'm not being the person I know I'm capable of being. And I don't really think on my own I can get past this fear thing. But with you, God, with you, Holy Spirit, maybe I can. I think I can. I know we can. You know, I was over at um, South Nassau Hospital about a week ago. I got a call. It was a, a woman who was, uh, she was dying. She died that, later that day. I anointed her, I was with the family for a bit, and then I was leaving, I'm leaving, uh, still in the hospital, making my way to the, to the exit, and this man comes up to me. This happens a lot, actually. This guy came up to me, he could see that I was a priest. He says, Father, have you got five minutes or so to talk to my mother? And I, I said, yeah, sure. So I went over, and his mom was going in for, uh, she was having her, um, her knee replaced, and she was scared to death. She had had the first one done a number of years ago, and. It was brutal. Uh, she just had a particularly tough recovery, recuperation. So she was really, really frightened at this. So much so that she'd avoided it. She really needed the, the replacement three or four years before, but she was just dodging it because she was scared. So we talked a little bit about that. And then I, I guess I said to her, how, so how come you're doing it now? 
And her response was great. She said, because I'm, I'm losing my family. I'm like, what do you mean by that? She said, I got a bunch of grandkids and I just don't see them the way I used to because there's just places I can't go. I used to go to their games. I used to go to their concerts at school. I used to babysit. And I just can't do nearly or almost any of that anymore because I've become kind of crippled. And, I'm, and I've kind of lost them and I don't want that. I gotta stop being a prisoner in my house. So she's like, I'm doing it. I was like, wow, oh, man, like, that's, how great is that? So we said a prayer and I anointed her. She's thanking me. I'm like, don't thank me. You don't need me. All you need is God. You need the same Holy Spirit that turned these apostles, that allowed these apostles to do a crazy 180. It's the same Holy Spirit that said, locked doors, no, I'm coming in, and now you guys come out with me. These guys who were cowering went from cowering to like crazy boldness. They became fearless because of God, because God dispels fear. You know, um, uh, Father James Hansen, he's a buddy of mine, he's a priest in the diocese. He helps out down here a lot. Uh, he's about, uh, I think about eight years ordained. Great guy. And he's, uh, he studied in Rome, and he's got a couple of classmates from other dioceses. And pretty much since they've been ordained, every summer they come up and they usually crash for a week in Long Beach, St. Mary's, and they, they'll cover the masses. Great, great group of guys. Anyway, last summer, one of his friends, this guy who I've become friends with, his name is uh, Father Josh. He's a priest in Baltimore. He said to me, uh, and he's got a, he's, pa he's a pastor of a couple of places, but he's got another job. He's a kind of part of the, the, they call it ministry to priests. So kind of outreach to priests. Uh, they put on retreats and days of recollection, stuff like that for the guys. So he's organizing this retreat, which they do once a year. Any priest in the diocese, archdiocese who wants to go can come for a week. Anyway, he asked me if I would give the retreat, if I would deliver the talks on the retreat. Um, you know, usually uh, people who do that are, you know, seminary professors, they're theologians, they're kind of like super intellectual, super spiritual guys. You know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm none of the above. Like, I'm, I'm really not. Um, I'm not saying I'm a dope. I mean, I'm not like a dumb guy, but I'm certainly not like a super intellectual guy. And, you know, I say my prayers, but I don't as much as I should. And so I don't think, see myself as like a super spiritual guide. And so I, I kind of was like, I'm not prepared. He was like, Brian, that's exactly I want you, why I want, I'm asking you to do it, because I'd like it to be something different than what they're used to. And Well, I just thought, I immediately started, when he asked me this and said that, I, like, I started getting nauseous. Like, I was just like, oh my God, like, I, I don't want to do the, the prospect of doing this. It's a lot. It's five days. It's eight talks. It's four or five masses. But I kind of knew I had to say yes. I was scared to death at the thought of it, the challenge of it. But I kind of knew it would be good for me. It scared me, but I knew if I, if I said no, I'd always be wondering about it. It'd be like the diving board. It'd be like, I'd be like, I never went off that stupid diving board. And I'd regret that. But all year long, I've been, it's coming up in two weeks, all, all year long, I've been like, it pops into my head and I'm like, oh my God, I start working on this and I'm dreading it. 
I started imagining excuses I'd give them. After I committed to the thing, I was like, well, you know, I'll wait till like two days before and I'll tell them I got COVID and I can't go. How pathetic is that? I mean, in addition to being dishonest, it's like, how lame is that? Look at what fear can do. Look at what it turns us into. It's like fear is a funny thing. Actually, it can be a very serious thing. If we let it control us, if we act on it, if we lock ourselves in rooms to avoid challenge. So, what's your diving board? What's your diving board look like? We've all got them. What's yours look like? It's Pentecost. So climb it. Conquer it.